You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any fantasy feast. I threw you off there a little bit, didn't I? Let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know that. Got a bunch of different gigs in the media that I thoroughly enjoy calling games for CBS Sports on television and Westwood One on the radio. Actually, Saturday will be my last game in the booth until August. I got the Texans at the Ravens on Westwood One. Looking forward to talk with my guy Joe Doe momentarily about that game and the rest of them should be fantastic. Definitely check out yesterday's Even Money podcast if you didn't already. Always good to see what bets we're making on the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. My favorite football weekend of the year. Although I will say this, Joe, the wildcard weekend having six games now, And having a game on Monday night, and this year, and this year they actually ended up having a doubleheader on Monday. That's pretty cool too. I mean, you don't have the two number one seeds playing, but I like having three games on Sunday, two Saturday, one Monday night. I still think divisional round is the best, but it's close. Yeah, um, and Ross, because the the Bills game was moved from Sunday to Monday, I was under the assumption all day. That yesterday was Monday, because like I I had the, the 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 Bills game and then the Monday night game and I'm like oh that's that. so I I was completely out of sorts just because of that schedule it's something that I am clearly going to have to get used to, uh but um yeah I I mean I liked I liked the six games unfortunately most of them were duds um we had some teams that just ran out of steam um I, I mean. I, what the, the only close game was the Rams and the Lions. Um, we had the Eagles continuing their absolutely atrocious downfall. We had the Cowboys. By the way, Ross, I tried to dig it up to try to make myself look good on social media, but I'm pretty sure Jack clipped something from a podcast we did just a short while ago where I'm like, this Cowboy defense, they can't stop a good offense. They haven't done it all year. Well, um, I didn't expect that. Uh, against Green Bay, but they surely ran into trouble uh, against the Packers. But it was an interesting wild card round. Probably not the best week of football the NFL could imagine. Now they're they're hoping that the divisional round matchups make up for it. And obviously, we have maybe Kansas City Buffalo isn't as star studded as it's been in recent years, but we certainly have a a a, a big one for a. Uh, uh, for for people to uh, to watch here on on Sunday night. Going to be going to be looking forward to it. Yeah, going to be a marquee matchup for sure. You know that voice. That's Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. He's the man over at FantasyPoints.com where you can and should use the code 24FEAST. As a reminder, this show is year-round, and quite frankly, it needs to be because even after these playoff games where we're talking about DFS and everything else, 
for these playoff games, there's going to be a lot of coaching, hirings, firings. There might be two more head coaches that lose their job this week. We'll see what happens with Mike McCarthy in Dallas, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. And then offensive coordinator hires, Joe, they're a big deal. And they make a big difference. Head coach hirings, offensive coordinator hirings, like sign me up for the the team that hires Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick as their head coach from an offensive standpoint. And then obviously also that has a negative impact on the Lions if Ben Johnson goes elsewhere. Has an impact on the Texans if Bobby Slowick goes elsewhere. So these are the things that we'll be on top of. Obviously we do a lot of stuff on the NFL draft prospects pre-draft because we know a lot of you like to play dynasty fantasy football. And even if you don't, we want to make sure you have a background on these prospects because when they go to a team, then you know who you want to draft out of the rookies for next year. So anyway, we go year round. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We are at Ross Tucker pod. That's the best way to know when any of the shows are posted and ready for you. You can always enjoy the show on video. A bunch of people do. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Joe, let's dive into these games to make sure we get to them. There is other news we can get to and will after uh, after we get to the games. But the game I'll be in the booth for with Tom McCarthy. We'll have Ryan Leaf on the sideline, which is cool. I think I've met Ryan before, but I can't recall. It's going to be the Texans and the Ravens. And, Joe, let's just start with the Texans and what they did to the Cleveland Browns and what we're seeing from C.J. Stroud. Because I do think I've heard – I've seen people say this, and I thought it was hyperbole, Joe, but then I thought about it. I think C.J. Stroud might be the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen. It's possible. Um, I did not expect this from him this season. I I think I've mentioned that. I thought Bryce Young was was the right number one overall pick, and – I'm not going to bury Bryce Young, but for Bryce Young to reach what C.J. Stroud did, it's going to be it's going to be a, a heck of an uphill climb for the new coach in Carolina, whomever that may be. Stroud, not only was he maybe the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen, Ross, he just became the youngest quarterback to ever win a playoff game. So the accolades keep piling up. Um, the Browns had allowed the fewest passing yards per game and the fewest yards per game overall. Stroud goes for 274 and three. Yes, I know that Browns defense hasn't traveled as well, um, and that game was at home for the Texans. This game's going to be on the road in Baltimore in a hostile environment, but it's hard not to be impressed with what C.J. Stroud has done. And then you mentioned Bobby Slowick. One thing that I might be concerned about for the future, and this is not for this week, is if Bobby Slowick's been so impressive that the brain drain begins there in Houston. Um, and... C.J. Stroud has to learn a new system, but nonetheless, a very impressive performance. He has 538 passing yards with five touchdowns and no interceptions in uh, consecutive games, by the way, in which the Texans had to win. So C.J. Stroud in those last two games has gone for over 500 yards and five touchdowns in games they had to win. These were not, this was not, oh, he's coming back from injury and the Texans are already in the playoffs, but they want to get him tuned up. No, 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 no. They had to win. And he's played perfect football. Nico Collins, the last two weeks with C.J. Stroud. The connection is unbelievable. 15 of 16 on targets, Nico Collins has caught for 291 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Noah Brown is on injured reserve. He had a great season, but just could not 
um, shake the injury bug. He had a shoulder injury. Uh, and then Houston's defense with Will Anderson. All of a sudden, that trade, which I think at the time, you know, they made that trade for Will Anderson, and people are going nuts. They're like, what are you doing? You're going to be terrible this year, and you're giving up a pick. Well, now they're in the playoffs. They're going to be picking in the 20s. I don't think the Arizona Cardinals expected that. So the Will Anderson trade worked out well for them. The Houston defense is playing well. But nonetheless, Baltimore enter the playoffs playing better football than anybody in the NFL. Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP award. Um, they don't have Keaton Mitchell. They don't have J.K. Dobbins, obviously, but will Mark Andrews be back this week? And if Mark Andrews is back, what's his role? Because because Isaiah likely has really emerged as a reliable target for Lamar Jackson. And the reason I think a lot of people, though, are going to are going to vote for Lamar Jackson as the MVP, not just because everybody else dropped off, is because Lamar Jackson did all this without a single like dominant target. He was mixing the ball around. Odell Beckham here, Nelson Aguilar there, Zay Flowers, who's dinged up but should play in this game. Mark Andrews got hurt at the end of the season, and Lamar Jackson still put up the numbers. If Mark Andrews comes back, that's going to be a heck of a boon um, to the Ravens' offense. And from a DFS standpoint, I'm not sure I expect Andrews to play this week, but keep in mind, that the Texans gave up the most catches to tight ends all season long, and David Njoku crushed them in the in the uh, wild card round. So if Mark Andrews plays, then maybe this gets a little confusing. If Mark Andrews doesn't play, I anticipate Isaiah likely to be very popular in the DFS slate. They gave up the most catches to tight ends all year. They did indeed, and David Njoku wow. continued that uh, in in the in the wild card round with Joe Flacco at quarterback. What what are you thinking, Joe, for the Texans on offense against this elite Ravens D? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a much I, I think it's a much different situation for CJ Stroud, but like how do you deny what CJ Stroud and Nico Collins are doing right now? And by the way, Devin Singletary at running back continues to play an impossibly high number of snaps. Um he had 13 carries against Cleveland. He also scored a touchdown. He caught three passes. The problem for Devin Singletary is those checkdowns he's been getting aren't really going anywhere. Over his last three games, he has seven catches, but for just 12 yards. But nonetheless, he plays a ton of snaps. He's going to get carries in this game. But really, for Houston, it is the Nico Collins and C.J. Stroud show on offense. And they started to get John Mechie a little bit more involved last week. Uh, they had to because Noah Brown went out with that season-ending shoulder injury. I mean, so Joe Mechie, I think could be a, a low priced option for you on the, uh, on the DFS slate. I, I'm fascinated by so many things with the Texans. First of all, since when are Noah Brown and Nico Collins good? Like when did that even happen? I, 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 it started I, to happen towards the end of last year with Nico Collins. I think um, I just, and he was, he was a guy. I didn't who, remember that. I didn't know that. Yeah, And Noah was, Brown was always like the fifth guy with the Cowboys. Yeah. The Cowboys could have used him honestly, because I think he's better than Michael Gallup. But um, you, you look at N Nico Collins. He was a middle round pick for fantasy. He was in like the, the 10th round area. Cause people are like, if that, those flashes we saw with Davis Mills last year are real, maybe there's a slight upgrade at quarterback with CJ Stroud. Well, there wasn't a slight upgrade at quarterback. There was a massive one. And then Nico Collins has taken that leap into being their number one receiver. Well, and the other thing is Joe, and we'll do this a little bit after the season two, when we talk about like our recap, right? But and, and, and lessons learned from the season. One of my big lessons is running back situations. 
Devin Singletary basically busted out of Buffalo. They, they, mm-hmm. they weren't happy with him. Comes to Houston, and it's like the right place, the right time. Meanwhile, Damian Pierce, I thought last year he was awesome. Awesome. I think he was winning my buddy Kyle Brandt's scepter. All, I mean, he was doing awesome. Yep. And now this year he does nothing because it's not a good fit in the offense. They need to trade him somewhere, and he could he'd be a beast somewhere next year. I just think running back situation matters a lot, Joe. Uh, and and look, the, the the offensive coordinator in Houston, Bobby Slowick, has been very forthright. He said, Damian Pierce, guys, look, man, he he's a great gap scheme runner. We don't run gap scheme. And uh, unfortunately, like, that system has worked for them. It's just left Damian Pierce by the wayside. If Damian Pierce gets traded to a team that runs a lot of gap, uh, he's going to be somebody I, I target next year. He's a good player. He's just not a fit for what Houston does. And I think Houston's a candidate to actually draft a back um, and, and maybe get their back of the future in that backfield. Um, but their season's still going. They're not thinking about the NFL draft right now. Joe, whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game-time mastermind. And you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Got to wash it down with something. You know how I roll. Drink Labatt Blue Lights. That became my beer when I was up in Buffalo. Do it with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Joe, let's move on to the Packers and the Niners. The Packers, Joe. They are a juggernaut. Get them all on my team next year. But who do I want for DFS this weekend? Yeah, so the, here's been the problem with the Packers, and honestly, one of the reasons I've been so impressed with Jordan Love. They don't really have a go-to guy. You know, Christian Watson, he just came back from the injury. Jaden Reed's been the guy who's been putting up the numbers. He doesn't even catch a pass against the Cowboys, and they score 48 points. Romeo Dobbs, who's been in and out of the lineup, 6 for 151, wide-ass open on just some busted coverages by the Cowboys. It's tough for me to find a receiver to stack with Jordan Love because he mixes the ball around so much. And that and then that's just a testament to Brian Gutkunst and what he's done as the general manager. They've hit on all those day two and three wide receivers. They've hit on all of them. They've hit on the tight ends, as you mentioned last week. The guy who I think Green Bay is going to go to in, and going to continue to go to is the Cowboy killer himself, Aaron Jones. Uh, three touchdowns against the Cowboys. I think they're going to try to – I mean, this is not – um, this is not, this is a cliche, but shorten the game, get the ball out of the hands of the San Francisco offense. Aaron Jones is going to carry the ball a bunch in this game. And what I think we're, we might be underestimating because of another Cowboy masterclass in the playoffs, Dak Prescott, I think, uh, I think it might've been Bob Sturm, um, of the athletic who pointed out that Dak Prescott in four of his last five playoff games has failed to throw for 90 yards in the first half. What I think is it's going to be problematic is I'm not I'm still not sure this Green Bay defense is all that great just because you know um, Dallas came in and laid an egg as Dallas is wont to do. DFS is going to be expensive for the 49ers, but they're going to be popular because I expect that the 49ers are going to score a lot of points in this game. Um, the 
the the the betting odds here have San Francisco as a nine and a half point favorite. The um the total in this game is up around fifty. So um, it's 50 and a half, actually. So this is the highest totaled game on the slate, and they anticipate that San Francisco is going to score in the in the realm of 30 points. So you want to get a Debo Samuel. I think Debo is going to be really important in this game. Jair Alexander did a great job on, on CeeDee Lamb, but he continues to be banged up. I think his matchup will be mostly Brandon Ayuk if he goes. So I think this is a big Debo Samuel game. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, is going to play. Um, he had that minor calf injury. And Brock Purdy is going to be very popular for DFS. Jordan Love, playing from behind. Maybe you can stack him cheaply with a, with a receiver uh, like Dobbs. Maybe Jaden Reed gets a, little, uh, gets a little less love because of his goose egg last week. But... Um, I think San Francisco is in a great environment to score a lot of points this week. What about Sunday, 3 p.m., Baker, the Baker bros, Baker and the Bucks against the Lions. What a weird game that was that I was on the sideline for, Joe, mm-hmm. Sunday night because it was 21-17 at halftime. The, the Lions went 75 yards for touchdowns, their first three drives, 21 points. The Rams scored 17. And then the second half, the Lions really didn't move the ball very well at all. And the Rams had to keep settling for field goals, which cost them the game. Are you expecting a bunch of points with Lions bucks, especially with those corners for the Lions? They're not great. No, um, this game's lined at 40, 48 and a half, which is the second highest on the slate. All Every game's up over 43, so they're not expecting any true stinkers, but this is the second highest of the slate. Detroit is a six and a half point favorite, I think, and justifiably so. Look, um, Baker Mayfield, let's give him credit. He goes for 337 and three with injuries. Ross, let, 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 but let's be frank. Let's be completely honest. The Eagles quit. That, that was a quitting performance. They didn't tackle. They didn't cover. They didn't rush the passer. They didn't do any of it. That team quit weeks ago, and it showed up in the playoffs. And Baker took advantage of that. He's probably locked himself down the Buccaneers' starting job next year, and he's earned that. But the Eagles quit last week. So I'm not sure I'm going to glean a whole lot from what Baker did because, quite, quite frankly, if you put Bryce Young and the Panthers out there against the Eagles last week, I'm not sure the Eagles beat them the way the Eagles have been playing right now. So we have to go back to the fact that Baker, with the exception of the fourth quarter against New Orleans uh, in their loss in Week 17, had two really pretty bad games here um, heading into the playoffs, including going 20-32 for 137 yards against the Panthers. That being said, if there are two defenses in the playoffs you wanted to face in the first two rounds, the Eagles and the Lions might be among the three or four you would have picked to face. Um, the Packers maybe being the other. So I think this is an opportunity for the Buccaneers to score points. They are underdogs in this game. And if you're like, you know, Joe, I'm not sure about Jordan Love against that that uh, 49er. I like the 49ers. I like their scoring environment. But I'm not sure about Jordan Love as a bring back in that game because of that that defense. Well, if you want to attack another game, the Buccaneers are six and a half point underdogs in a high total game here, 48 and a half. But the Lions defense is much worse than that. 
of the of the San Francisco 49ers. So maybe this is the game you want to attack on the slate. I expect it's going to be popular, um, but certainly the Buccaneers have an opportunity here uh, to put up some points in the game. Um, and look, you know, like the Eagles gave up so many points to Tampa Bay, and Mike Evans just went three for 48. Like, the Eagles just couldn't tackle guys like Trey Palmer and David Moore. Could you know? have been a like, lot worse with their tackling and stuff. I, I oh, mean, I'm sorry. Could have been a lot worse with the drops, Joe. Oh, Mike Evans, Could, that's right. He had a couple of horrible drops. Like, he should have scored on a, on a couple of great throws by Baker Mayfield. So Baker's going to try to – they're, they're going to try to eat up these corners. I think Mike Evans is going to want to say – I think Mike Evans probably after that game went up to Baker Mayfield and said, good job, dude. Come back to me next week. We're going to get it done. So I do. Ross, thank you for that point out because I like Mike Evans a lot this week against these Lions corners. Lions on offense, Joe? Um, the Lions on offense continue to be the Detroit Lions on offense. I'm stunned Sam Laporta played in that game, um, but good for you, Sam Laporta, and he scored a touchdown. He scored a short touchdown. Uh, and if you started him for DFS, I don't know if he, he reached value because of his price, but he got in the end zone. Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown against this defense, I think is going to be a hell of a connection. Devontae Smith went eight for 148 um, against this defense. I think Todd Bowles is going to blitz Jared Goff and try to get him off his spot. Um, I'm not sure it's going to work. You know, Jared Goff, um, by the way, when not pressured last week, didn't throw a single incompletion. He is operating at a high level. This is a great spot for Amon Ross St. Brown. And those secondary receivers, you could always use a guy like a Josh Reynolds or a Jamison Williams in DFS in the playoffs. All right, let's get to the big one. So fired up for this one. It feels like the 50th time they've played in the last five years. Yeah, I'm excited. Bills, Chiefs in Buffalo this time, Joe. I'm excited for this one. Um, the NFL's excited for this one. Um, they're like, thank the Lord we have this matchup. Um, you know, Chiefs fans, Chiefs fans uh, like to like to chirp a little bit like their quarterback at this point. But I think you're going to understand what I'm saying here. Josh Allen, when he's at his best, at his best, which is his consistency is not the same as a Mahomes you know, or some of the other top quarterbacks. But when he's at his best, he can take over a game like nobody I've ever seen. At his best. And he did that against Pittsburgh with that touchdown run. And, of course, he's going to throw the picks. And, you know, a lot of them are those third-down bombs where it's the same as a punt. But at his best, Josh Allen's going to take over a game. And right now, I don't know if I want to stand in front of Josh Allen. I think he is playing at a significantly high level. The thing is, they still haven't really been able to get Stefan Diggs going. He had nine targets against the Steelers, but caught just seven for 52 yards. It was frigid, so let's keep that in mind. But James Cook and that run game, James Cook, Josh Allen, and the run game were really what got after Pittsburgh. Nonetheless, Allen did throw for three touchdowns, including one to Dalton Kincaid, one to Dawson Knox, and then Khalil Shakir had the amazing run where uh, he broke Micah Fitzpatrick's tackle and got into the end zone. Um, I still think they want to get Stefan Diggs going, but how effective are they going to be doing that against LeJarrius Sneed, who Tyreek Hill was uh, talking on Twitter 
uh, that Legarius Sneed sent his, sent his you-know-what to Cancun this weekend. So that's going to be a really interesting matchup to watch. I'm not sure this is the matchup where Stefan Diggs is going to break out of this mini slump. I'm really not. So I think that run game, I think the tight ends are going to be very important um, for Buffalo. I think uh, I, I, I think Josh Allen is going to be the guy who they're going to just lean on and say, Josh, go make plays, give the ball to James Cook, be smart, but we trust you. We trust you to lead us to the AFC Championship game. So I think Josh Allen is going to be one of the more popular quarterbacks on this slate. And I'm not sure if you play Josh Allen, though, that you should stack him with uh, with Stefan Diggs. I'm not sure this is the right matchup for him. I, I certainly could be wrong. But Legarius Sneed has been shadowing corners very effective, uh, shadowing receivers very effectively all year. Joe, we have about 30 seconds for the Chiefs side of this. Yeah, Rasheed Rice is really breaking out as their number one receiver. Kelsey um, had a had a solid performance, seven for 71. Isaiah Pacheco, as I expected and brought up on the podcast last week, I thought he was going to be the stir the straw that stirred the drink in that cold temperature. Wouldn't be surprised if they lean on Isaiah Pacheco again in cold weather in Buffalo. He is running very hard. Yeah, and this Bills defense is so beat up, man. It's really mm-hmm. unfortunate. Curious to see whether or not they have enough on that side of the ball because the Chiefs are so good on defense. We'll get to the conference championship games next weekend and a lot of coaching news. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 